He first watched Octopussy when he was a child. Oh yuck. In college, people forced him to watch Pierce Brosnan. Oh yuck. He later went back to watch Sean Connery punch women and smirk. Oh yuck. But James just isn't that into James Bond, guys. Hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, which is a podcast where we will be going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest show to almost get sued by the James Bond people. Uh, they did get sued by James Bond. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm sorry. The almost. greatest show to have last week's episode and next week's episode. Yeah. With, <laughs> with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hello. And my name is Wade Bowen. And yes, we are talking about an episode called Our Man Bashir. Yes. This episode, Our Man Bashir, was episode nine of season four. It originally aired on November 27th, 1995, and the IMDb description is as follows. When a transporter emergency turns the command crew into a hollow sweet characters, Bashir's James Bond fantasy takes on a deadly reality. Yeah. That's it. That about sums it up. Yeah. Is this uh, the f- wait a minute? So real quick, I didn't know about the suing stuff. Oh, can you get to the backstory? We'll get into that right off the yeah. top. Yeah. So I know. What- well, it's just that they got too close to some of the James Bond stuff, and they had got a more of a brushback. They infringed on some IP. Yeah. <laughs> and so they got a brushback, like a brushback lawsuit that was probably settled and pulled out. But um, yeah, yeah, it kept them from doing. I guess there's two more episodes where they play with this fantasy and this uh this holodeck thing and they have to like each one they have to get more and they had to move away from james bond centric things okay because here's something i noticed in every previous holodeck or hollow suite fantasy that is ongoing mm-hmm. the star trek characters like take on the name of a separate character that's yes but julian keeps his name julian bashir and mm-hmm. is it just because Julian Bashir has the same initials as James Bond? Well, that and we, Sherlock Holmes is in the public domain. They couldn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I believe. Mark Twain, yeah. Yeah. So they couldn't use James Bond. So, But, but they could have used it like a, like a made up analog. But even if they did, the, the last name, first name, last name motif is lawsuit fodder. The sexual entendre of the women's names was part of the lawsuit. Um, it's basically, it's just like Star Trek X or the Axanar fan-made movie, (laughs) (laughs) which they may have gone through the trouble to scrub out all the mentions of the word Star Trek, but there's tons of infringing IP, like Klingon language, and I don't know, I'm not an expert on that dumb So too close is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It was too close. And so they couldn't do that at all, really. And even in the way that, like, Our Man Bashir was based off of some book that itself was a parody of James Bond. So... All right, well... Our Man Flint, which which itself was a parody of James Bond. So, So, yeah, yeah. I guess it's... Yeah, how come this doesn't doesn't get into the parody and fair use... well, it's because for profit, I get. Well, they were making money and they were doing it covertly, and it wasn't an open parody. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and, and probably now they could have probably gotten a couple shekels out of you know, like yeah, who knows? I don't know. Like when um, like okay, takes for instance, there's that episode of Community where half of it is my dinner with Andre, and the other half is Pulp Fiction where they're dressing up like Pulp Fiction and doing that. And the part that is a parody of My Dinner with Andre is pretty spot on Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And it's an open parody. Like it's Abed assembling this to be a parody. Right. Or to be a, to be a motif, just like Bashir is doing a motif of James Bond. Well, maybe, but I don't really, did they have to get like Andre, did Andre Gregory have to sign off on them to like, (laughs) like, well, I I think maybe it, part of it is that Andre Gregory isn't as a, Defensive about his IP as uh, what is the name of the family that owns the James Bond franchise and has for forever? Yeah, the they're yeah I don't know they're pretty litigious and they're pretty they've got a very protective of their they've got a tight grip on that shit where a guy making a movie about a conversation about 
Jerzy Grotowski isn't going to be hung up on you stealing Well, but you also IP. have the Pulp Fiction element, too. So I just it just seems to me that, like, yeah, how, I, like, I think that it's a little overboard that they got sued. I wonder if they took it all to court, how much it could have stand. But I think that everybody was just pussies about it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, it seems like, a, like, a, like Russian nesting dolls of 20th century toxic masculinity. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, yes. oh, speaking yeah, of, speaking yes. of being pussies about it, <gasps> this is the episode. Sorry. I, again, I hate to say this is the uh, episode that, that, uh, turns Julian around. According, according to, to Julian, yeah. According to Sadiq Al Fidel or Alexander Sadiq, this is the one. This is the episode where he talks about this being the turning point for the character, where the writers figured him out and stopped making him like they have this. They allege that the whole the intention from the beginning was to make him an unlikable character, and then you get to care for him. But then they turn that around with this episode that. I just love doing so much called Our Man Bashir. Uh, so, I mean, that's you agree with that, don't you? How? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna, okay like, I feel like that I have to like start off by unpacking like some biases, one of which is well known. I don't like Bashir as a character. Um, I just don't. And two, I hate James Bond and James Bond things. So, and I know that that's probably controversial, but it's a personal opinion. Yeah, I don't judge people who do like it. I'm just not like I'm not into it. I don't think. Are you stuff a James Bond centrist? <laughs> no, no. You, I'm a, I'm there's a, a lot of good people on both sides. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> a, <laughs> about feel that way about James Bond. Yeah, some people yeah, hate I mean, James look, Bond. There's a, a perfect, lot of good people. I mean, I don't know James, I, all I have to say to that is go fuck your no I, I actually have I've I actually I'm not a hater on James Bond I just I'm um I don't know I'm asexual on James Bond I don't care I don't hate James Bond I've never I've I never hate seen people who many, I haven't seen that many James Bond movies I hate people who make me watch James Bond let's put it that way <laughs> I don't hate James Bond and I don't hate Chinese opera but <laughs> don't want to go see Chinese opera. Don't want to see your James Bond movie. And I don't think that the writers of the show feel felt the same way as I do. No, the writers of this sh- people, everybody in this show clearly loves some James Bond shit. Yes. And almost everyone went on record as, as loving working on it. Yeah. Almost. And, uh, Andrew Robinson doesn't, uh. he doesn't say bad things about the episode, but he's not a, yeah, you know, it just makes me like the man even more. <laughs> well, his character's like, I'm only here because the plot demands it. I say yeah. things to you, and you apparently grow as a character. No, so I'm gonna, I'm willing to say that I don't know. Like, if I if I have to like say, okay, I think I'm biased. Like, I'm unfairly biased against this episode. Yeah, you're a real. That's fine. I'll live. Yeah, with you're it. you're being a real dick about this episode. <laughs> I'm about to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh, no, I just. I mean this this episode is even. I mean, you haven't watched Voyager. I feel like this episode is a is a lead up is is where we get the the DNA for a, a famous Voyager episode called Bride of Chaotica, which was written by and was a big thing by Brian Fuller. Which is it's a it's it's a hollow sweet episode in Voyager that Brian Fuller wrote and I think was proud of and everybody likes. It just felt like the same kind of fantasy, except instead of James Bond, it's uh, Flash Gordon. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, here's I've what seen I think. That episode. Okay, I don't, did, Hugh, do you have like a? Do you want to get your hardcore feelings about this episode out? I think this, with a few bumps, is a pretty good episode of Star Trek. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's good. Was, that's good. I got, I, that's I got a, a few story. problems with it, but I think this is a pretty good episode of Star Trek. This has got a lot of what I like about Star Trek. First off. Some goofy transporter shit happens right at the top, right? And puts our command crew in peril. But that's pretty much where it would end in a, in a regular Alien of the Week Star Trek series. Not in ours. Our Deep Space Nine universe is fraught with you know, politics and people don't do things you know, without reason. So there was a Cardassian terrorist group. Or that's what Eddington told us. Anyway. Right, yeah, it's like or right, Eddington right, says. Right, so, okay, right. yes, yes. Okay, but that's my point. Depending so that. the 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 impetus to the problem. The old Cardassians are fine. Define old Cardassians, okay? Right. Define old Cardassians. Yeah, what is it? The Sons I, of Liberty or something? I sure. Don't, the, so the, the, the my true point way. is is that 
this is a silly episode, but nestled into this silly episode, some actually interesting things happen. Because then you have pretty much the best and the brightest of this crew is in peril. And you have to have a ragtag team of unlikely people working together to save them. And that was some good stuff. The Nog, the... The Rom. Rom. I like the Rom stuff. Yeah, the Rom and the... um, uh, Oh, my gosh. Eddington? Who is it? Quark? Oh, my gosh. I had a brain freeze. Quark. The Quark, (laughs) the Odo, Eddington. Eddington kind of, like, impatiently, like, hemming and hawing uh, over everybody. Yeah. This is like the most Eddington's got the shine in, I don't know, yeah. sure. ever. They're about <laughs> He's to, just been like that creepy their, asshole before. They're, yeah. they're, right. about to, they're about to do their business with Right, Eddington. right. Well. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's, yes. But that's neither here nor there. So I like hmm. the fact that there was an actual reason behind the non-transporter nonsense, and it wasn't just brushed over, you know? I, I did like that because that's what makes this series yeah. stick yeah, out. Yeah, it's not so, just a random anomaly that makes right. – Moriarty come to life. I like the fact that they had to move. They they felt the need. If we're going to do some shenanigans to put put them in the hollow suite, there's got to be a reason behind it. And that reason fits within the larger scope of the show. So I like that about it. Yeah, I do like any... I like the Garrick stuff where he does feel like the 20th century male power fantasy is not realistic to what the job entails. And that is basically just a gross, <laughs> gross thing to watch. Like he's completely mm-hmm. disgusted the whole time. I, I just love that it starts off with Garrick breaking into his boyfriend's spank bank. <laughs> well, that's kind of, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, I actually think this is a pretty good episode. And I, I'm on board for this episode. Okay, yeah, okay, so I mean, I it's a gonna... classic, it's the first classic, I mean, classic as classic set up by the next generation, not the original series, because they didn't have Hollow Sweets. But the Hollow Sweet episode is an episode trope in Star Trek. Yes, from the eighties on, that either you love or you hate. Well, it, yeah, that's true. I hate. Yeah, most people, a lot of people hate Hollow. But here's episodes. why I think there's so many of them. I had this theory. I noticed this because I was reading that it was originally. I mean, this this script was written by Ronald D. Moore, who's I think the best writer on the show. But the story was pitched by a guy named Bob Gillen. I don't know. He's a guy. He pitched this show. He uh, he also worked. He did some. He was a staffer on First Contact. But he pitched this show, and which they also loved has it. a f- big, a pivotal Hollow Suite, a uh, Hollow Deck. Oh my God! Yes, it does. Oh, okay, so we go on. Go ahead. So I think that it's probably fun for Star Trek writers, and this is why I think the problem of the unsolicited script thing. Where I think it gets into a problem is that no one really owns a character, so no one gets to, like, none of these solicited scripts get to, like, truly, like, possess a story of war for anything like that. So then you're just, like, playing with toys on your bed. You know, that's what you, you have these little action figures and you play around. That's, I mean, And that's, so you that's either, totally project, you probably write, hey, isn't it fun, wouldn't it be fun if Picard went back and fought Charlemagne? Or whatever, and or Genghis Khan, you know. So you do that, and then the other type of thing that you write is, what if everybody in Star Trek was in WKRP in Cincinnati? That would be great. Like, so you do that, and you write I that mean, shit. Yeah, going back to that um, season one episode that you hated so much, Dramatis Personae. Uh-huh. Iris Stephen Bear loved that because everybody got to play new characters. And that's the other what... thing. Yeah, that's the other. That, and that, I think, is Iris Stephen Bear's problem is he loves to watch everybody play someone else. It was so much fun to watch Avery Brooks play Dr. No or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, I had a great time watching Avery Brooks and I feel like they let him roll in, in what he uh-huh. normally wears. Uh-huh. Yeah, they he, never... <laughs> that's he did his... some Muppet arms. It was <laughs> waving guns You're right, around. though. He does wear kimonos right so no i i i really i had a great time with Avery brooks and and you know uh, um another brain freeze the gentleman who plays miles colomini guys i gotta start taking vitamins god dang go. so oh, do you love colomini in this yeah no colomini looks cool on an ipad in a very yeah. well designed yes it's a very well designed ipad so there's things like that. Um, so I don't know. Like I, yeah, it's like the third level of something I don't like is I don't like these. Everybody gets to be someone else care- roles. Yes, 
And then the fourth thing, the fourth thing that they have, I'm I'm taking up forever, so you can guys get my points. But the fourth thing that I hate about this episode is I hate the motif that's now a reoccurring firm motif in Deep Space Nine, the Who is Bashir Really episode. We've had several of these, <laughs> yeah. and I hate them all. Right, me too. But <laughs> I think this is the no, most you, successful. You two guys hate Bashir so much. You're just well, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The terrorist group that don't the true way. That's the name of right. It. The true way. They don't even bother to try to kill Bashir. He's not even important <laughs> enough. They get everybody. They get everybody. But then I. <laughs> well, and I, I do like, like that. That's the. I do like that. That's the point of the episode. Is that you're you're a nobody. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess, we, I guess we've never right. even established whether or not he's that good of a doctor. <laughs> we've been over this. We yeah. have, we have, <laughs> but the fact that it's still never really been definitely answered or clear, like yeah this this episode is not about him being a doctor at no, all. It's obviously. about him being. It's about him being a geologist. <laughs> it's about him wanting to be the hero and sure. I guess being nobody. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. The true way is the Cardassian separatists who curiously have never done any terrorist acts before. Sure. This is the first oh. time. They, they decided to break the seal on this one. Yeah, this yeah. was their march on Charleston. Or Char- Charlottesville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. And I went there. Um, yeah. oh, oh, I mean, this is a, this is a show that deals with space Nazis, but yeah. not this show. And these are the, and these are the space neo-Nazis because they have this, that is true, actually. Yeah, they're the, yeah, like, yeah. They, they have this now much more uh, liberal government, and this is the the hardliners. This is the yeah. I mean, we could get five minutes talking to this, but it's literally like two lines. <laughs> who was the right? Who was the writer for Japan that never gave up the imperial mindset? Mishima. Um, yeah, Mishima. Yes, Mishima. I don't know how you pronounce it. Right? Well, yeah, we, you know him. Talk. We know. We. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. Oh, I, I've read a lot of his stuff. Actually, I'm a big fan. I mean, for a fascist, he's a pretty good writer. <laughs> <laughs> he is the best fascist writer. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's such a weird. Well, that's a whole other. So, thing. <laughs> but back back to Star Trek, just real real quick. Uh, Bashir, it's it, the central question of this is kind of eschewed for how much fun everybody has playing dress up is what you don't like, right, James? Yeah, that I don't like that it's it's a pause episode. Like I don't know where. Kira didn't like I got to see Donna visitor do stuff, but not like I don't know. Like I like the characters. I don't like replacing I don't them. Like, I, I don't like these episodes where everybody has a dress up. Yes. Right, 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 right. It's a similar problem I have with, with the mirror universe. Yes. It's but exactly I do like I do like space leisure gone wrong. So this is, you know, you're supposed to be your break, you know, your lunch break or whatever. Yeah. Dr. Uh-huh. Bashir doesn't have to be on the clock for another two hours, so he wants to kick it in 1964, which I guess is his privilege being <laughs> somebody. The doctor doesn't do his shit. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's not like uh, Cisco wants to kick it in 1964, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll so, hear about that later on. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so that's the, that, I guess that's the, my point. The Louis, so he the, was, Louis, the Louis C.K. time travel theory still stands on the show. <laughs> okay. So my point is, my point is, is that he's just trying to have a good time. Number one, his best friend slash boyfriend decides to inexplicably do something that he's never done, which is like show a gross invasion of privacy. So that's what, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what that's I step for Garrick. And that irritates me. Okay. That, that's the yes. lens. I enjoy this show through is like a boyfriend to a couple getting an, and then one like intruding on a spank bank and then just like, ah, oh, and yes. it's just the cattiness between them is my favorite thing of this whole episode. Because he clearly fucks these women. So if he intrudes on the owls, he could intrude on him fucking a, a, like a and he's woman. And he's just like, oh, her? Mm. And it's like, well, it's, uh, they're not, you know, they're, I don't know, they're a bisexual couple. Garrett is just like, <laughs> you know, they're, they're a libertine, you know, like, I don't, they're just like, hey, man, it's fine. They have an open relationship, but he's still kind of like crossing his arms a little bit, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. But okay, okay. So let's talk about this real quick. If there was a fuck room on the ship, if there wasn't a holodeck, and Quark just dealt with uh, ladies like Deadwood, 
Would we tolerate, or would a nineteen like? Are we supposed like when no. you fuck when you fuck <laughs> no, women a in a fuck audience would not? That's the answer. No, when you fuck women in a fuck room, like that's supposed to be a moral failing on your part, right? Like I don't know, are we supposed to just Wait be cool that these well, guys? I know that no one's there's no one's a victim, no one's a victim, so I'm not. That's why the Church of Satan is so into teledildonics. <laughs> teledildonics. <laughs> read, read, read the High Priest of the Church of Satan's oh book. God. It's all about teledildonics. Okay, but I haven't I'm just read saying it. I know that, and that's weird. I <laughs> accept we're probably it. Probably the only Star Trek episode that has brought up the Church of Satan and teledildonics, right? Can we <laughs> somehow market that? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> For all of your tel- needs. Okay, so and listen, you go- I'm not a Satanist for the record. I I probably go to church more than you guys do. Most definitely. I mean, yes. most de- if you go to church, you go to church yes. more than I do. <laughs> okay, so I I just am saying that okay, there's no victim, so you can't. There's no like swerf argument or anything like there to be had with this episode. So there, but he is going into a room that's not his own room. He rents a room and goes on adventures, but he also probably fucks. Uh, uh, I turn on, I turn on and off, or uh, uh, I, I moan and love it, or whatever. Fuck the names were. Mona loves it. Mona loves is it. Is the yes. name of and uh, yeah. and and, and Anastasia Kamona on and off. Come on and come on and off. Come on and off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that's what it is. I was trying to figure out what the entendre was yeah, for her name. Yeah, and I got it. Yeah. So he clearly fucks these people, mm-hmm. and that is <laughs> weird, right? Yeah. I mean, like, nah. not really. Like, I'm saying we, everybody <laughs> masturbates. And I mean. That's what it is. He's spinning, he's spinning all, his, that's when Garrett comes in into his, intrudes on his uh, hollow time. He's like, you've been doing nothing for the past week, but whacking off yeah. since you got this new toy. And he's like, what's up? Yeah, it's true. That it's true. like, that's a cold open to this thing. But let me put it this way. You've been in here every time. It's like, listen, I've got two hours before I go on duty. Let me just. You know, rub one out real fast. Let me put this in moral language. Okay, so if O'Brien got in the shower, his space shower every morning, and, and whacked it off, right. like, and Margaret and 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 and, oh, and, Ke- and, Keiko, and Keiko came in, she's fine. She's like, okay, I'm in here. By the way, you know, like, there's nothing. She knows he goes in the shower and spank and spanks it off. But if O'Brien went and went on, like, paid to go in Quark's room and fuck ladies. Keiko would have a problem with that, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's this, a violation of that. Okay, so there's no women to be violated. So I'm just saying that I'm not saying that it's Bashir's wrong, but I'm saying that it's a weird moral rubric for a character that we're supposed to like a lot. I'm just saying that in the 24th century, humanity's evolved beyond these. Petty I don't. Kids. I don't think that Keiko in the 24th century would tolerate O'Brien. Going to the hollow suite and fucking yeah, but program. I don't know. I like not to not to stereotype or anything, but the gay couples I know are a lot looser with some of this stuff than some of this. Truth. I know, but he's not and, gay. And Garrick doesn't. Garrick. He's not. I'm saying that, like, from a moral calculus perspective of us as a fan, it's a different thing. Is he supposed to well, be? He's supposed to be. He's stalwart. not in a committed relationship. If we're if we're being serious about it. He can do whatever he wants. Yes, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Okay, did Marshall Dillon fuck Miss Kitty in Gunsmoke? I have no idea what Marshall Dillon. But oh, that was it's never like, even. Is, is the nineteen sixty? Oh. So no. But if if they remake, if they redid Gunsmoke, most definitely. <laughs> if they had even a, in Deadwood, even in Deadwood in the first season, uh, Timothy Elephant <laughs> doesn't fuck hook whores. Right, because he's married. And, I mean, he fucks the shit out of Alma Garrett, but he doesn't fuck whores. Because he's married. Well, he, he fucks Alma Garrett, but And Saul Star does, and that doesn't... Yeah, it's Saul Star's not married. Okay, so it's, he's writing let. I guess I'm saying it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Mm-hmm. But I'll talk... Yeah, you're right, but it's weird. It's something that we haven't... It was casually brought up in this. I don't even think you're supposed to think he fucks them, maybe, right? Or are I don't you? Know. I think... I don't know. It's like the sixties, the swinging sixties. You know, it's like who cares? It's like it's everybody's having fun. It's 
It seems skeezier than that. But you're, I mean, you're right. I don't judge him. I'm not judging him. <laughs> I'm just saying from a writer's perspective, that's a weird thing to add to a character in a 1990s television show. You're trying desperately for making it. It was grandfathered by, by, by using, like I said, it's a Russian nesting doll of, of toxic masculinity. Yes, what you're yes. doing is you're combining one awful thing, trope, yes. and you're adding it to your own trope. And it's like right. it's not even it's that the weird because food of of cooking. They're doing television. a James Bond thing. James Bond is doing that weird sexual kind of like, is this moral or not? That's been happening since James Bond has been happening. So no, doing it through that lens. No, because that's consensual, well. right? But when you marry it with like the hard, the, the, yeah. But when you marry it with like the hard light sex dolls. And, you know, yes. and Rom with the bucket at the end, mop up the, the place. <laughs> well, the, yeah. a lot of that is us putting sure. the points together. This is 90s television where, who knows, like, they, it's all unsaid. Like, the, it's like watching old Gunsmoke episodes. No, yeah, he's not I fucking. I guess you're right. The conceit guess, yeah. is that he's can, not yeah. fucking Miss Kitty, but we right. know that he would. And it's the same thing in 90s sci-fi. That's an excellent point, Wade. I think that. We know that he would yeah. if it were real, but yeah. it's 90s sci-fi. He's not necessarily fucking all of them. Okay. Yeah, and I think that the moral, the moral calculus is probably that good guys masturbate and bad guys go to whores. I, I don't even think that enters into the consideration so I of Star Trek. Uh, and this is somewhere in the middle. This is in the Are you, middle. Uh, you're not passing judgment on sex workers. You're just saying I've, that... Like, I don't judge him for fucking these women in a light room. I would do the same thing. But I'm just saying that it's weird from like... A, like on a, a sympathetic character index. Yes. You're, what you're yes. trying to achieve is... yes. Yeah, but on a sympathetic character index, he's he's doing James Bond, and we all love James Bond, right? No, oh, James but, hates James uh, Bond. That's why you're no, being a dick but, about this. No, right? but no, 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 no. Fucking a real woman is totally different. That's always cool, always everywhere. <laughs> when it's like, central, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm saying that partaking in yeah. sex work is Hence generally the Satan's consideration about telling. Yeah, is generally coded for a bad uh, like a like a like an antihero or a bad guy does that. So it's a weird it's a weird middle ground because it's it's not quite masturbation, but it's not quite sex work either. So it's, it's weird. It's future weirdness, yes. Yes. Okay, so... Ba- James Bond, I assume, never paid for a hooker. So. No, the British government paid for it. He <laughs> took all those receipts out, dude. Yeah. We spent a lot of time talking about the moral calculus of him fucking things in the holodeck. This is the well, episode to have what, that conversation in. Right. It's true. It's true. Okay, so, I mean, basically, here we are in the story. There's some transport shenanigans due to terrorism. The bodies, not the mind, right, of the command crew are put into Julian's spank bank, and <laughs> he has to keep everybody alive. All these characters that are normally kill each other, he has to keep them all alive, and meanwhile, has to keep himself and, and Garrick alive Garrick. because the safety protocols have inexplicably been turned off. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit fuzzy because, well, I mean, I guess the consideration is that. The entire station has been shut because they do a lot of talking about the physical patterns don't take up that much memory storage. There's a lot of stuff about the storage and how much gigabytes of, of mind mm-hmm. take up takes up, I guess. So they choose to bit torrent the mines, right? Right. The like they're spread yeah. they're spread in packets all over the ship. <laughs> exactly. That's a good analogy. Yeah. But the, uh, the bodies are in the hollow suite, but yeah, yeah, their minds are distributed. They're gonna they're gonna hard peer to peer the bodies, but then bit toward the brains. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. But it's also shut down all the other systems so that none of the re- even computers are working. All the operating systems are down because all the memory is taken up holding the neural patterns. Yeah. But the only thing that's working is the hollow suite. One, because it's used to processing those kind of patterns, and I guess also maybe because ROM has uh, rigged, has, has just improvised so much of the hollow suites because he's had to deal with, because um, Quark is a cheap person. Yeah. And so he's, he's... We did he's, learn something interesting. He only breaks even on the hollow suites. Yeah, that's weird. For a guy that's running a brothel, you'd think he'd be making more. But I guess, oh, well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is Quark the only person to lose money on selling sex? Yeah, right? 
He's already tried to t- pimp Jake Sisko out to sell to to write porn because that's where the money is. Especially which I'm gonna assume that the overhead over a hollow suite is much lower than actual running a real brothel. But anyway, yeah, you don't have to pay the workers. Yeah, but we don't know the energy output or input. You well, know. he probably always claims a loss. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, true. Donald oh, Trump he would always there. he would definitely only tell the Federation he's just breaking even. That's true. Yeah. Oh, he's got a, he, he knows a lot of ways to lose money in a in a establishment. Right, right, right. So yeah, so they've got that, and then the neural networks are neural patterns are scattered across the station, so nothing on the station works. So they have to basically tell Julian, "Don't stop the program, keep it running." The safety protocols are off, but don't open the doors or do anything. <laughs> and then they figure out that they can use the Defiant because it's got a transporter to do all the computers, but and then Rom, who's uh, kind of jerry-rigged the Hollow Suites, needs more time to get the neural patterns to get into the Defiant buffer because his operating system doesn't interact with Federation technology very well. So Julian has to vamp for an hour in his James Bond simulation. Bashir. Julian. And I like that part. I like that part of it is that kind of that it sets these new rules to the parameters of the James Bond. Yeah, and I like that about it. And especially at the end, where it's adapting to new rules is kind of more interesting. Mm -hmm. A a typical, it it makes the the functioning of a typical plot a little different. So, and and let's let me let me give. I don't know who was responsible for directing this episode. I don't know who. Will Winfred Cole? I don't know. uh, Oh, Colby. Winfred Colby. Yeah, yeah. Colby. He's Colby's did has done a few notable ones here but yeah i think the choice for sadig to play it sort of straight and not like ham it up like i thought he did a good job in this yeah, one there's a, there's an do, understated do a, not to do a connery impression right well there's an understated quality to his his spy guy performance that quite frankly could have gone another way and made this episode really horrible yeah so for all of his flaws Ooh. And limited range. What? This this might be his sweet spot with his Whoa. acting. Oh my god, you're you're giving him a compliment. Don't make it a thing, Wade. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I just, well, I, I'm sorry. I just want to like, but I mean, yeah. I mean, you're right though. I thought he did a good job. I'm just saying it could have been it could have been worse. He's got a low key drive for as over his top as the rest of this James Bond stuff is. I thought he did do a good job with the material. That he's got a very low key delivery that sometimes comes off as a horrible crippling lack of range <laughs> right but in a preset prefabricated <laughs> thing like this but no, I, I, I think yeah i think i, that it, I agree I th- with what you're saying is what i'm saying yeah i mean and everybody's doing shtick you know you have not a visitor talking in this horrible russian accent <laughs> and all of these everybody's doing the farce here but him playing it very like understated under his breath where in an episode like The Wire or something like that, I think it came off as really bad. It works here. Like, I think specifically things like the Baccarat scene or as in counteracting to um, Avery Brooks not underplaying it. <laughs> He's telling um, his Muppet arms, <laughs> Hi, I'm going to... Uh, uh, this and, is uh, my history. The new world. Uh, that's whatever he says. Yes. Uh, it's classic. Avery Brooks. Yeah, I think that Avery Brooks is definitely. Uh, I mean, you could tell he's a theater actor. Oh, he's, he's probably, Avery Brooksing the shit out of it. Yeah, he's Avery Brooksing the shit out of it, and it and it needs it. So I'm like, it's not like he's doing it out of like it's not like in facets where I, I didn't really like what he was doing there. This is this was this was working for me. So the facets where they give him it where it was proportionate the Hannibal actor. everybody's funny voices was proportionate to how strong of an actor they were right? yes yes <laughs> <Yeah>. yes <laughs> right and, they, and this one they just decided that he just shouldn't do a funny voice or somebody decided like well, don't I really do a funny like, voice and just go big like you okay can, act like the way we have to rein you in it sometimes but here's the thing here okay let's use another example where i wasn't happy with this performance but there wasn't a crazy range past tense part one and two Right, uh-huh. where he's got, oh, he's yeah. walking around, and he's give, he does a lot of gee whiz stuff, like gee whiz, why are, why can't, why do people have to be poor? 
Gee whiz. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Explain to me what's going on here, Captain Commander. It's yeah, not his uh, fault. Right. That's right. So that, that didn't require him to do a silly voice, but yet for some reason that was, I guess, wide-eyed, bewildered. I don't know what that was, but it was not, it was cringeworthy. Yes. And this wasn't. This was, I felt like, his sweet spot. He put the, the barrel of the bat on the ball. And so you so job. you'd almost say that this is a turning point for no him in the series. I did, did nothing with his character. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Okay, so let's go. Okay, so do we want to? Because uh, we talked about sex work so much that I, I want to like. Okay, so the ending sequence is a conversation. He's got a yeah. stall where they could all die, but he's going to try. And Garrick is like, "I'm leaving here. I'm putting my life." I'm actually going to leave the room. I'm going to go into well, Quark's yeah, that's bar. What I wanted, the, the interesting thing, the most interesting thing about this episode, I thought, was the Garrick stuff. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because the whole thing is that he's playing spy, this James Bond kind of totally unrealistic what spycraft is about. Uh-huh. And then Garrick comes in and is like, Garrick's a real spy. And it, there's so much of like, oh, they didn't teach you that in the Obsidian Order. And he's like, no, because the Obsidian Order taught me how to like be a realist and like <laughs> to cut bait and get the fuck out and not, not showboat and everything. And, it, and I was stuck for two days behind a drywall where I had to drink my old piss so that I could hear somebody say two lines. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, oh, Oh, you, you, you're you just giving up? That's that what they taught you in the Obsidian Order? And it's like, yeah, when shit doesn't work and I know I'm going to lose, I quit. And then that's why I'm still alive. And he, and then he gives a great talk about like, uh, like uh, there's a point where he's going to call up the door to leave. And that might, might kill the people from the transporter yeah. lock. And he's like, oh, you're not going to shoot me, you big wimp. Because if they stay in there in the collapse of the whatever, the plot machinations... They'll actually die. Yeah, from anybody that the, dies in the Hollow Suite, because any characters that die, their patterns will be lost. Yeah. And Garrick is like, look, man, I'm not playing the odds here. I'm just going to leave and save my ass. That's why I learned in the Obsidian Order. And then Julian is like, if you do that, I'm going to shoot you. And Garrick is like, you're not going to shoot me. You're here because... Well, you're not a... Well, his big thing is that you're not a hero. You want to be a hero. Yeah, you're here playing hero. Play a hero, but you're not a hero. You're just... You're a company man. You took a job. You're a professional, but you're out here in space with true, you know, hard, pe- you know, military guys and true heroes. And that makes you think you're one, but you're not really one because you're not really the, the kind of guy that's at the end of the day going to make the tough call. And that's kind of true. Bashir. Yeah. You, you dream. Well, it's like you dream of being a hero, but deep down, we both know that you're not. And I'm choosing to save myself. And then in. Yeah. So and then he makes the tough call. He shoots Garrett. Right. Um, which, which I think, if we're looking at the Doctor Bashir, is he a good doctor? Meter goes down <laughs> because the okay. first rule is to do no harm. Sure. So well, let's see. Let's and see. Then, and then let's see. Uh, he's already given up confidential doctor patient confidentiality. I think you're being picky here. And uh, and now he's shot somebody. So Garrett Evans says you could have killed me, and then he says, "What makes you think I wasn't trying to kill you?" Right. Like. <laughs> it's like, oh, you and but also the note that I noticed there is like, oh, well, just a note that I'm making. I, I guess Cardassians have red blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they theoretically, because they're grayish, they should have gray blood. Well, who knows? But Vulcans have white, well, you're, blue blood, well, right? Well, that was, du- but that's dumb. Uh, <laughs> we're past that. Uh, like, have purple blood. Well, oh, right. Well, but they're kind of purple. I mean, that I can that I can allow. Um, <laughs> okay. But we're pinkish because we have red blood. If we had blue blood, we would look like Andorans, which is why Andorans bleed blue blood. Well, that's what they say. Your blood's blue in your veins until it comes out and hits oxygen. Yeah, and then the unrepented part's red. You get your skin tone. I mean, if you were exsanguinated, you would be white. You know, whatever the natural pigment okay. of your skin is, but who knows, white. Who knows, James, who knows how aliens work? <laughs> I'm just saying that I assume that their skin is a semi-translucent thing like ours is. Mm. That's pretty uh, speciesist of you. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> we don't know how it... We've only known life forms on this earth. That, that we don't know that things bleed. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> we saying We also yes. don't know that life forms and intelligent life in the galaxy would have four appendages and a head, but, you know, yes, whatever. exactly. <laughs> and carbon-based life chains mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, stuff like mm-hmm. that, yes. There's all kinds of... We really don't know anything about 
Kardashian anatomy. He could have shot him in the yeah. wiener for all we know. <laughs> before 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 we get off of uh, dumb things to harp on, uh, science wise, we're gonna talk about lasers. Doctor Doctor knows plot. <laughs> yeah, but that's like dumb. It, it's almost like winking at it. I felt but like, hu- but humor me. Okay, so he's gonna. At first, it sounded like he was going. He was at Mount Everest, mm-hmm. and he was going to blow up everything, and then the water would fill the earth. The water, the ocean's level would rise. Yeah, and then he would live at the top of Mount Everest. Yeah, right. Yep, as an island. Yeah. Okay, but uh, okay. So I had this question, and I literally don't know the answer to it, but I think I do. Uh, I, I mean, I may, but if the ocean levels rise, I mean, the top of Mount Everest is is fucking permafrost it's fucking cold as shit but i assume it would warm up because you're pushing air up right i i think the answer before you even get to that level of nerdery is uh, it's all fucking bullshit uh, it's all bullshit his, because the, the, his the plan next, is that he's gonna make lava come out of the earth and all the, what all the continents are floating on will sink like a balloon but the lava is land there, yeah. too the lava is land yeah so, so <laughs> it's I think I think they're even they're winking. I think the writers know how dumb it all is because it's just a hollow sweet program. It doesn't actually have to make sense. I feel like that's what they're doing because their whole thing and then his whole thing is like they say they talk about lasers so much like it's so sight mm-hmm. and that's clearly they're just poking fun at lasers. Oh my god! Because yeah, he yeah, says I mean, lasers so a, much. So I think it yeah. is a Blofeld kind of dumb. Blowfield plot. Yeah, I think the whole. I think it's clearly just like, yeah, this doesn't make sense. It's dumb, but it's who cares. I agree. Well, we got to the end of it. I mean, we talked about Garrett getting shot, and then the two minutes where they distract him, and of course the crew comes back safely, and everybody's yeah, fine. Yeah. And then at the end, he saves the day by actually giving up, right? And saying and requoting everything that Garrick said about like I'm here because I knew when to cut bait, and the only reason I'm yeah. alive is because I. Well, you know, and it, and then he punches the button, and in the simulation, he lets Noah Hippocrates, Hippocrates Noah. My name is Hippocrates Noah. Cisco win, but he knows that, and that buys him just enough time for them to. That's what yeah. at the end game is not to save the Earth because it's a dumb hologram program. The end yeah. game is to keep it, keep everybody, keep it all afloat for two more minutes. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to like, yeah, it's, it's an, it's an interesting subversion of how like a doc, you know, it's yeah. at the end, like you're playing a different game. Cause it's just there to keep it open for two more minutes. Yeah. It's, it's clever. It's a clever ending. If you can make it there. <laughs> oh, you had trouble. <laughs> I watched this twice and I loved every, uh, nah, I, I tolerated every minute. I watched, of it. I, I watched it twice. And then they have the ending where, well, they, of course they have Garrett give his, Classic line of "There might just be hope for you yet." Yeah, <laughs> that he's given that. That's his like, way of saying I've never been more turned on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Shoot me again. Yeah, maybe. he'll be turned on by other people. Then he's been turned. Well, Cisco's okay. Fine, I get being turned on by Cisco. He's given that line to Cisco as well, and he'll give it to another Starfleet cadet at some point. Wait, what are you talking about? Nothing. I'm just I'm just foreshadowing. I don't even know what you're foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. I'm not even on the inside joke of my own podcast. Oh, it's not. <laughs> it's not that. This is this is for the hardcore trekkers and nerds out there. Uh-huh. Just all the people that Garrick says there might be hope for you yet. There's a few different characters he says that to. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, would you guys want to guess on what the good people of IMDb think of this episode? Well, then the the last thing I wanted to say was. At the very the very last line, they give the classic. Oh, I I believe that Julian Bashir will return, uh, but nope, because there's a lawsuit, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> well, that's a that's a James Bond reference. Oh, it totally was, but they fully because well, that's how they that's how they end the James Bond movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I got that too. But even I've read in interviews with Alexander Siddiq, they wanted to do more of these, but the lawsuit kept them from doing it. Yes. Right. Yeah, they did. They wanted to keep it going, and they do kind of have these. I think later they they do like a half. I mean they they do a similar like themed thing, but it, it's not the same as this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Right. yeah, but sorry. Yeah, we can move on to the. All right. Uh, what do you guys think? The folks at, on IMDb think of this. I think they like. I'm going to say seven point five. Seven point two. Well, 
We've got 793 votes on this, which is really damn high. 7.9 out of 10. This is a damn near Ooh. 8. Yeah. <laughs> now, where do you guys put this on your rewatcher meter? Between 1 and 10, if you were going to rewatch a Star Trek episode, where would this be? It's 5.5 at best. It's not on mine. Yeah, I'm not a big Hollis Week guy. I appreciate it, but I'm like, this is not, it's definitely not going to make it to my wide album because it's, it's a, this is the most like 90s, 80s, 90s kind of I think this is a fine, I think this is a fine episode of Star Trek. I think for, of what I like about Star Trek with the goofiness and, I think that I would probably put it about a five on rewatchability. And a lot of that's for some of the crew interaction. I really liked the ROM stuff and the, and the, yeah. you, know, you know, it had some good Odo stuff, I guess. You know, it, he was there. It, it felt was, like a quintessential 80s, 90s, you know, like did. just episodic TV show. It was shot like a Remington Steel. So yeah. I thought. <laughs> it's not the kind of TV that I really, that really drive, like that I really enjoy nowadays. It's like, it felt like a MacGyver episode or something. It's like an yeah. episode of the week that was filler, you know, like, and it was fun. It's good for what it was, but it's not what I come to Deep Space Nine yeah. for. I agree. Okay. So should we move on to voicemails and emails? I think we should. I'm afraid I don't believe you'll pull that trigger. I wouldn't be so sure about that. It's time to face reality, Doctor. You're a man who dreams of being a hero because you know, deep down, that you're not. I'm no hero either, but I do know how to make a choice. And I'm choosing to save myself. Computer, show me the mechanism. Uh, all right, so yeah, here we have a call from. Well, we'll just let it. We'll, we'll, I'll let it speak for itself. Hey guys, it's uh, Bucky with the good hair from Twitter. I just heard the Rejoin podcast. Um, don't want to screw around on time. First of all, I want to say, uh, as a homosexual, I think you guys handled the positioning of the episode really well. So honorary rainbow badges all around. Um, <laughs> Part of the reason, in my view, that the episode has a lower ranking on IMDb than one would expect is because the episode has gotten better as we've gotten further away from 95. I think back then and in the immediate aftermath of the peak 90s Trek heyday, people wanted Star Trek to have gone further because Deep Space Nine was the middle child and was ignored. I think they wanted some more than the episode at the time gave, but in retrospect, it's aged well. Um, Avery Brooks and Susanna Thompson, who's the actress who played Lenara, she was also the board queen on a couple episodes of Voyager, um, were, it, it was really important to them to do it well, uh, and I think that shows. My one qualm with the episode as a gay guy, and this is something that's developed the older I've gotten and the further away from 95 I've become, I actually do kind of wish there was one Starfleet officer who was a little hesitant. Um, and obviously it's tricky because it can't be Cisco, it shouldn't be O'Brien, you can't make it Worf because then Worf is once again the kind of a dick. Um, but I think it, it would have been an interesting narrative note to have someone like, say, Eddington express reservations and not along the lines of Trill culture, because I think it would have shown that even though you're in a post-scarcity society where theoretically everybody's moved beyond their prejudices, that maybe humanity hasn't quite gotten perfect yet. Um but, yeah, it, I, this episode for me has gotten better the further away from its original air date we've gotten. Um, and it, uh, I, I liked that. I, I also think this is an important Dax episode. I think from here, Carrie Farrell's portrayal of the character got better, that she had something that she could work with or at least found something about the character that she could play around with. Um, and... As we'll see, Jedzia has um, an interesting social life um, that gets referenced more and more from here. But great episode. And again, I think you guys did a great job on the podcast. So please keep them coming. 
Find me on Twitter at Bucky WT Good Hair. Later, fellas. As, 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 as any white straight liberal, I, I always want uh, honorary badges from. <laughs> you're gonna cl- you're gonna clutch that rainbow badge. I am. I'm getting it framed. I uh, I, I really do like. No, I, I you know because you don't want to like I I've like in ca- you know just talking. I've fucked things up a lot. Like of these like not <laughs> not appreciating how you how you approach these things. And I you know I still you know I want it to be funny. I still want to you know I still want to make you know. But it's uh, yeah. I, I wanted to make sure that I we dealt with it. Reverently, but not like, you know, too reverently. Sure, sure, yeah. And he, he does make a good point about, I feel like, maybe it does age better than at the time. I think so. I think it mm-hmm. has aged well. And I think his, his, his uh, I think Eddington would have been probably a good <laughs> yeah. character. He'd be the be. one to be like the, like, creep, yeah. I still, I, I you know, Kira, I know, it's weird, I've never really understood the religious sexual dynamic of the Bajoran people and specifically the religiously Bajoran. Uh, you just but, don't get it because they're not repressed enough, basically, sexually. But she seems to be repressed in, like, all other ways. Like, she's a... She's a, she's a yeah, yeah, she's a Mormon, for the most part. <laughs> right. <laughs> but not... But she fucks her Pope, you know. Yeah, I get it. It's weird, uh, but that would have been... Well, so do the Mormons. <laughs> right. They just don't talk about it. But, it, on. but on... But on Bajor, it's okay to fuck your pope because they don't have the hangups we do. Right. Yeah, I know, but but she has, but she's a hangupy girl, you know. About other stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so I I could see that, uh, you know, because the reason that you have a character like that, the reason that that the buggy with the good hair wants that there is because then you can have the conversation about it, and I think that that's probably what LGBT people were screaming for in nineteen ninety. Five was representation, right? Well, because, that's right. that's kind of and, what, like, yeah. Nowadays, we're more like, yeah, because it's not weird for us, you know, like to think about gay people like being gay, like, yeah, yeah. Of course, you can love whoever you want, and that's not it's not controversial anymore. So, yeah, this episode where they just don't touch it at all, it's like, yeah, of course, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Whereas in 1995, it was, and that's why, like. People at the time probably maybe overlooked this, like that Roseanne episode was like people were threatening to boycott it, but yet it made thirty. It had the Nielsen ratings for the year, or whatever. And well, we—that's the humanity. We 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 love controversy, right? And yeah, everybody freaks out, but yet they watch that's, it. That's how we got Trump. <laughs> like oh, Jesus, don't don't yeah, don't. There's <laughs> people who are like, let's just—it'd just be funny to see what would happen. Yeah, or just yeah, worse. or or that just uh, I hate him, but every time he's on television, I can't stop talking about him or watching him, you know. And don't don't you know. sully this episode by waiting <laughs> yeah, let's, let's with back Trump people. That's such a good call from Bucky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you got for us next, Wade? Let's see. Okay, we have another uh, message here from Eric. And I don't remember what he said, so we'll just play it. How about that? Go for it. What is up, my cis hetero dude bros? <laughs> it's Eric in Pennsylvania. Uh, I just felt like the discussion about rejoin could use another straight male voice. So here I am. Uh, anyway, we'll try to keep it brief because I want to leave space for other voices in this conversation. I just wanted to do what I would like to call a happy nerd corner as opposed to Angry Nerd Corner, uh, and make sure you guys were aware that when you went off on your uh, little tangent about what if there was a species that was like the trill, like a little worm that lives inside people, but it lived in a different part of people, and they were evil, and they created a society that was super stratified and had like weird, creepy beauty pageants to determine who would get to be a host and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Guys, that's, that's the plot of Stargate SG-1. That's the Goa'uld, the main villain on SG-1. So uh, congratulations, you just reverse-engineered another sci-fi show. (laughs) So now that you have, I would like to see some crossover fan fiction from you. DS9, SG-1, two letters and a number. You guys, it's destiny. So I'm going to need 20 pages on my desk by Friday. Anyway, thanks for all you do, and I can't wait until we can all move along home to a discovery home. Companion. 
Uh, Eric, I, I, I like what you did yeah, there. So folks seem to know about our endeavor with a, a Discovery Home Companion, right? We did. Played we at did. the end of the list. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Have you, have you not mean, listened to the podcast? <laughs> you... I'm sorry. I've been out. Of, I've been out of the loop. Sorry. I, I didn't listen to it. I lived it, motherfucker. Well, there was a there was an hour and a half of my week where I was literally homeless between the time I signed my last house away and before I, I could sign my other you don't, sign for another. You don't house. have to listen to the podcast. You don't have to make excuses here. It's fine. Well, but normally I, I try to. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't listen to the podcast. He lives it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, I, I don't okay. watch my own so scenes. So Eric, Eric is brought up Stargate. And I saw the Kurt Russell Stargate. And that was like as far as my... I have not seen any of the MacGyver scars. Stargate. Yeah, that's, that's where <laughs> yeah, I'm what, at. What about the, the Begbie? There's a Begbie Stargate too, right? Is that SG-1? Is that SG-2? Is there an SG-2? I don't understand. There's a Stargate it, Atlantis, right? Oh, there, sure. I think you're right. I haven't watched any of the the Dirty South. I watched the Dirty the TV South. Show. <laughs> <laughs> Killer Mike and Stargate. Killer Mike and LP and Stargate. Stargate Atlanta would be so much better with Donald Glover. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the paper boy. Paper boy. Boy, paper boy. Can um. All right. Paper? So. <laughs> that uh, big um, and bougie. Anyway, if if, if Stargate have, now is big and bougie, <laughs> I <laughs> I will not watch Stargate unless I you know people said that suggested what we should do for battle that battle uh, Babylon Five, and I still haven't gotten around to that. Yeah. But that's primarily because it's a pain in the ass to like stream. Yeah, I dropped the ball on it too. I'm still like episode seven or eight. But if people have opinions on Stargate or like the inside track on Stargate TV, I you know feel free to call it. I'll, I'll hear you out. Yeah, I'm interested in hearing other people's. Okay, opinions. I took a yeah, quick. I'm, I'm actually I took a quick trip. I'm a little disappointed that Eric's the only one that pointed at that out to us because I still think that would be a great trill villain foil. But like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe they fucked it up for everyone. They do it bad, and then I don't know. Maybe they... I don't know. Tell us if Stargate sucks because we're not going to watch it. So there is a. I have it all. Okay. So hold on here. He might watch it. So there is Stargate, the the uh, Roland Emmerich movie. That That's we, the I only one we, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, we've I all watched seen that. that. Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, it was, it was a dumb game movie. as Raw, I guess. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. About and then um. Then there's Stargate SG-1 in 97. That was with MacGyver. Those are probably uh, better guess, than the movie, I bet. Honestly. I, I don't hate that movie. I, I don't hate them. Oh, I don't hate the movie at all, but... It's got... It, it gives did me anybody pure, love it? Uh, it was fine. It was like watching Independence Day, which I it don't It doesn't have either. pure uncut James Spader, but it has, like, mild cut James Spader, and I like that, with oh. Kurt Russell. So... Then there was SG Atlantis uh, in 2004 with some fucker, I don't know, Joe Flanagan is the lead in that one. And then there's Stargate Universe, and that's the one with Begbie as the lead. So, so that's Begbie probably... Begbie from Trainspotting? Yeah, yeah, Robert. Just, I just wanted to point fo- out that people that don't know who the fuck you're talking about, Begbie. That's yeah. true. Oh, also Lou Diamond Phillips. Ooh. What? Yes. They brought the Lou? <laughs> they brought the Lou. <laughs> so so Begbeat Lou, uh um uh the the uh Asian woman of a certain age from the Shield from Agents of Shield. Oh shit. Um um Mulan. Oh, is she Mulan? Ming Ming Oh shit. Ming Na, I think is her Cold name. Drogo is in it. Ming Ming Did you just hear me Cold Drogo is oh, in it? I heard it? that, but oh I was trying gosh. to I think her name is Ming Wei, I think. Or, I don't know. Either way, I'm interested in I'm interested in Stargate. So if people can call us about that. Oh, Mitch Mitch Pileggi from X Files is in it. Excellent. Uh, so. I know Ming Na better or way or more than I know that. Ro- Richard Ricardo is in it. Richard or Robert? I don't know a Richard. I'm, I'm, is there? Wait a minute. There's a Richard uh, Ricardo. Robert. Get. I thought. I thought Robert, we fucked that up. There's no Robert Picardo. Robert Picardo is in it. This looks like I don't know. Like this looks like it's got a pretty great cast. Yeah, people like the Stargate stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. Well, it was always good to hear from Eric. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know how to close that out. Anyways, everybody knows the drill. Give us a call at nine one seven 
Uh, if you don't know the drill, yeah, give us a call there and let us know about everything you think about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. But also call that number and give us your predictions for a Discovery Home Companion. Oh, yeah, that's that other podcast that we do. Go listen to it. You'll love it, I hope. If you don't, I don't know. Anyways, but review and do us all the other things on all of our podcasts. Please, I love you. I will continue to do so if you rate the podcast or if you subscribe that's a big thing just go listen to it anyways yes you know the drill all right well thanks again for listening to the rules of acquisition three to beam out do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line where you can express your ds9 wishes and ds9 dreams into their ear holes they will play them on air and try to be nice to you because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again, 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.